Welcome to the Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Youthscape podcast. My name is Rachel Gardner, and I'm sat opposite my friend Martin Saunders. And the reason, Martin, I will let you speak in a minute, that I'm sat opposite you, which is very false, is because Ollie's here taking photos of us. So we need to, we need to not only do a podcast, but look like mm. we're doing a podcast. This is the closest we ever get to a photo shoot. Yeah, exactly. But isn't that weird though? Don't you think like we are actually doing a podcast, yep. but to make it look like we're doing a podcast, yeah. you're wearing fake headphones because yes. it doesn't actually plug in. It's, I mean, we could unpack oh. the fascinating world of social media just through that one little analogy, there's couldn't a, we? There's an iconic photograph of you and I sitting in a completely random bit of the building. <laughs> there is, isn't doing there? a Sitting Nothing. opposite a microphone, That's pretending to talk. Yeah. And we're not talking. No. That's not a studio and the microphone's not plugged in. Yes. And yet we've lied to thousands of people that who've been on that webpage. That that's how we do the podcast. That that's how the podcast works. That we look each other in the eye. Yeah. And and as if we're somehow friends. But do you think that's, I think that's quite a fascinating thing though, isn't it? Like sometimes it's not enough to actually do the thing. It doesn't quite mm. look like you're doing the thing. You've got to do it. Yeah. So, um, anyway, welcome, Ollie. <laughs> so we're just lo- we are Ollie loving here. this. We're not feeling awkward in the slightest bit. Ollie um, is uh, Youthscape's head of faking things up. <laughs> yes, our spin doctor. I love it. So... But the reason he's taking photos is that you can actually, you can watch some of these <gasps> interviews. What is that right? But can you watch them in like like a flick book? Like you, <laughs> you just get loads of photos. Like oh, I'm going. Yeah, up. yeah. Like stop motion animation. And down. That's yes. brilliant. So uh, this is the second episode in our second half yes. of our innovation series. Yes, which is so exciting. Season three, five, it, nine. Absolutely. Part B. Sometimes we're in the same room to record. Sometimes we're we're crossing the great divide continuity is an issue but it's lovely that we're together now the thing is i feel i also have to confess because i'm i'm going to confess and then i'm going to ask you to confess because it's not equal if only i confess right so my confession is this lovely guest that we have today yes i i want him to become one of my good friends right my husband thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread I, I worked, you know, he's amazingly said yes to his interview and I kept getting his name wrong to the oh, point no. that he actually had to stop me and correct me. <laughs> and oh, I have his name no. on the on the screen, oh. in my email. I still get his name wrong. I do that all the time. So can you confess to when you've maybe like got someone's name wrong yeah. or wore the wrong clothing well, my, for I mean, events? I or, mean, my memory's shocking anyway. Is it? So I'll often... I'll often resort to mate. <laughs> mate, great to see you, mate. <laughs> Nick that from Mike. But, and it's not personal. It's not because I have a high opinion of myself. Mm-hmm. I just can't remember like my own name. I really, oh, I can't goodness. remember anything. I've, I've realised that the, the the flip side to having a big imagination is to having having a tiny memory. I don't know if anyone else suffers with this. Like it squeezes so it out. I can't remember anything. But the other thing it made me think of was for, I've known uh, Mike Pilavacci at Soul Survivor for the best part of 20 years. And for the first... 18 years of that, he thought my name was Martin Sanders. And he would always introduce me at things, even at events. Yeah. Uh, I'd, big, I'd be speaking at Solnet, and he'd introduce me to everyone in the room 
as Martin Sanders. And I, it, it didn't, it, I mean, it upset me, yeah. but it, uh, it, I never corrected him. Because, there was lots of sobbing and rocking. Because, because you get to the point with people you can't where it's too them. late to correct them. Yeah, yeah. And, and one day, I just happened to be in the, in the speaker's lounge at Soul Survivor and Andy Croft was there and, and just said, oh, it's Saunders. Oh, Andy. And, and, uh, and, and, Matt, and Mike looked absolutely Matt, did horrified. Matt, you say Matt? Matt, <laughs> Matt Pilavaki. <laughs> Looked absolutely horrified. Oh, and uh, I feel like this is, by the way, this feels like the sort of lamest insider story of all time. <laughs> what really happens when you peel back the curtain of Christian events? A conversation <laughs> the names where wrong. people get each other's names wrong. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, amazingly, it was then corrected and he's never called me it since. No, oh, I love that. That is wonderful. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna now, true youth worker style, segue into something. Are you ready? The I can't wait to see how you're segue. gonna do that because you're right. Sometimes if we get someone's name wrong for such a long time, it is entrenched in our mind. It becomes a way that we do something, yes. and it's very difficult to both identify the wrong name and change. Where's it going? Where is this going? Our guest today is a church leader in the north of England. Yes. Actually, what I love about this interview is so often in the UK church we just do what's always worked it's kind of worked 20 years ago it's worked we had young people 20 years ago we have no young people now but let's still do what we did in trench 20 years ago it takes a very brave church leader to say no let's do things differently amazing that was a great segue so are we, we're going to hear the interview now i think we should hear the interview now, and then we'll we'll talk about it so here is mike no Alex. His name is Alex. Are you sure? <laughs> and he's great. He's my new best friend. And he's from a wonderful place in Lancashire on the edge of Yorkshire. So let's pray for him, people. So uh, this is when I caught up today with someone who I thought was called Mike. I now know is called Alex. And he's about to become me and my husband's best friend, Reverend Alex. Alex, it's so good to have you join us. Now, normally on the Youthscape podcast, we tend to go for youth workers, directors of youth organisations. Very rare that we get a church leader on the Youthscape podcast. Welcome, Reverend Alex. Good, good morning. and Yeah, thank you for having me. It's really good to be here with you. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You are currently talking to us from a beautiful place in the north of England, but you don't hail from there. Tell us a bit about your journey of how you got there. Okay, so very quickly, I'm a vicar's son, so I grew up in in the church. Um, I grew up in youth groups, and I I came to faith really on youth ventures, um, CPAS ventures. Um, so that was a big part of my life. And then um, oh, I got to university. Um, I did a geography degree. You can't do anything with your life with that. So so I joined the army, and um, so I've been an officer in the Royal Engineers for my adult life. Um, Till I was about 35 and then I went to train to be a vicar in the Church of England so so now I am a and now I'm up here I was a curate in Surrey which is a trainee vicar sorry if I I'll start speaking like a vicar soon won't I but there we go um, and I I arrived up in Lancashire which is in the northwest of England um, to the most eastern town of Lancashire we're on the border of Yorkshire so yeah we're with a front line. Well done. <laughs> Holding back the storm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how do you pronounce where you live? Because I'm learning this about Lancashire. Words don't make sense, really. You have to kind of get somebody local to tell you. How do you pronounce yeah. it? So it's it's really difficult because I'm a southerner. And so it's a silent L. It's spelt Colne, 
but people don't pronounce the L. So I, as a Southerner, I have to say cone, but that just makes me sound really posh. So I've started saying, I've started saying cone as a kind of a halfway, and then I'm not getting picked up by the young people in church either. So, so you just mentioned young people in church, and that's why we've got you, we're interviewing you really, because I was very struck hearing your story, Alex, a little while ago, that you've arrived in a, you know, in a, in a small town in Lancashire and, and done what many, many church leaders are doing coming out of lockdown, particularly sort of asking questions, where are young people? How are we responding to their needs? Do they see this as a place that they can come and feel at home and explore faith and you're fairly new to the area tell us a little bit about how you've gone about that kind of discerning process of of working out what youth ministry is going to look like in your church yeah so well we funnily like we but my first Sunday I got here I I couldn't believe it because I looked at the figures we came here because well we wanted to just come somewhere where people maybe aren't usually clambering to get to we're when it's an ex-mill town um it's it's not a wealthy church um and it seems like that it, it's one of those churches which really maybe you think wouldn't have young people but i got there that first sunday and at the end of the service i saw some young people hanging around on the, at the back of church on their phones and i was like thank god um that they're they're together there was about five or six of them teenagers and um it, it was and, and that was the thing that made me think we, we've got to do something for them. And before I'd got here, I'd set myself five priorities and four of them began with P and one of them was children and young people. And I, I didn't put a P on that because I wanted it to stand out. Um, for, that's a priority. Um, we need to get, get provide for our children and our young people's spirituality and their faith. And so I... I then very quickly bumped into the local Methodist minister. He's called Christvin. He's he's in his 30s. So we're similar age. And um, we we spoke about youth work and things that we'd done in the past. Um, And he he had set he got a monthly group together just for three months before Christmas. And he said, oh, why don't you bring the young people to that? So um, with I've got a very faithful recruiter of young people she gathers them hisu in our church and she gets she's got them together so we've taken them down to something in burnley and it quickly became apparent that all the young people were coming from Cologne, and um so that that seemed that we we did have a group and so we pretty much in september i met with christopher and we just said we need to do something so it's incredible to hear that right from the get-go, you see these young people, but you don't just respond just with your own people. You sort of reach out or you bumped into uh, you know, the Methodist leader. And there's another church, isn't there, as part of the yeah, story? Yeah. Tell, tell us about them. So the, the, we've got three Anglican churches um, and a, a Assemblies of God church and the Methodists. So that's five. I'm looking at the camera. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and, then, and 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 so we're we're all we're from a different kind of range of churches. But we we got together and realised that we pretty much we all we just want our young people to know Jesus. And so it was it just seemed like a no brainer. I. Although I'm not going to claim any originality in this because my dad did this in the 90s, got together a load of churches and said, let's just do it together. And so I grew up in a youth group where 
four churches had come together. So I, I think I'm one up on my dad. It's always great. It's always good. I mean, it's just, it's all a competition, isn't it really? Let's face it. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you're absolutely right to say there's nothing new under the sun and people listening to this might think, well, you know, we've been doing joint youth ministry for, you know, for eons. I guess what struck me about your story was that um, particularly in you know, the state of youth ministry at the moment that many, many churches are struggling. You would be the first to say at the moment, there's no budget line in your church to employ a full-time worker. I guess that's the same across the town. So actually what you're doing feels innovative because it's actually saying we, you know, we don't know where these young people are going to end up. They might end up being you know, part of the Pentecostal church or the Methodist church or going to all of them. There's a sense in which you as leaders have had to lay down some kind of territory approach and say all of us together are passionate about these young people growing in their relationship with Jesus. Could we explore that a little bit? Like, what does that actually look like to, to, to pioneer together when you're all so different? Can you let us in on some of the challenges without sort of naming and blaming but have there been challenges in that um not so i mean it's all so new really um and the thing is that for for us we the three of us it was me a pastor and the methodist minister we got together and quick quite quickly we laid out that frankly we didn't we were more bothered about young people coming to faith and having the opportunity to find out who jesus is than we were than about our, our own little empires because frankly when god starts building the kingdom then you don't need to worry about that because when god's at work it will just grow anyway i think we get so worried about our own churches growing that and that's when we become territorial and worried about these things whereas we just want to let god god do what god's going to do and if and if we're fortunate enough to have i mean the methodists they don't have any youth in their church but I'm praying for them that this will see a an uplift of young people coming into their church. So we're do, we're doing it for each other, and um, it, and 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 it's the same for the for new life. And we do things slightly differently, but we're 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 very much in line, and and we we realised that very early on. So that was that was quite important to us, and I think we just realised that. Like I think Rachel, you said it when. Um, our budget line. I haven't even got a budget line. Uh, we just, we're just kind of month by month. We, we don't, we just, I, I don't have an administrator. I have nothing. And the hope of having anyone paying anyone is seems remote. And so you've got to, therefore, I think, look at your priorities. And if, if we want, if we want to see God's kingdom come, then we've got to do something. And, and, and for me, it's a, it's important enough that that this is um, that that, that we're going to do this. I think one thing to mention is what I have is some amazing older people in our church who have been praying about this. And we got together and we did a prayer meeting, a joint prayer meeting, and we and and since then we've we've kind of our diocesan youth worker and um, Ben Green came and spoke, and he said that you can either be a doer a champion or a prayer and the, the 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 doers are people like me who are going to do it um then we've got um the champions people who get to know the youth and then the prayers and everyone can be a prayer and and people have taken this on board so we've we've got that energy of prayer going into this which feels there therefore that we're kind of listening and seeking god and actually that it's some of our 80 year olds are praying regularly about this and that 
And to be honest, that's the most important thing. That's so exciting. I think people are going to be listening to this. I, I mean, we can't hear what how people are responding, but I think hearing a church leader talk about unity, about not being territorial about young people, about wanting the kingdom of God first, there are going to be youth work volunteers and paid volunteer workers listening to this, cheering you on right now, packing their cars and driving to be with you. Because that, I think we there are more church leaders who think like this, but I think sometimes our experience as youth workers is it can be quite difficult because we feel that we're kind of employed to do this in our little church our little patch so you said that your dad was doing this in the 90s and you've got sort of you come from good stock for that but I guess as you're looking ahead in the future um Alex what do you think might look a bit different are you sensing that the needs are going to be different of young people do you you know have you got thoughts and plans of what will it look like for the three churches to to really take on board the needs of your community? I, I suppose, like the the thing is, there's there's not much going on. There there is there is nothing, and so we're starting off simply, and we're we ultimately it's going to be a faith based group. So we're going to be doing we're starting youth alpha in a week or so. Um, we we've got some money for a TV. Yes. I, you should have seen a picture of my TV. It's one that my father-in-law found in a skip with his old lawnmower cable that I could reach out. So we have a widescreen TV, so we can we can watch Alpha well. Um, and but what I think is that we're we're going to be looking at that, and that's going to be a real faith thing for us. But as as you probably know, Rachel, it's there's there's a big gulf between being ready to come into that kind of environment and and also for for those who who have got no connection with church and um so so i guess like in the long run the challenges for us are going to be yeah we've got this little group going and that's fine but how how can we expand this um and and I guess that that will be one of the big challenges for us. How do we reach out to young people who have no connection, who just coming and even doing youth alpha is a bit kind of too much for them to start with? Absolutely. And you're doing this with volunteers. You're doing this as church leaders that have many, many things, many priorities on your plate. So just finally, Alex, I'd love to ask you in, in this series of innovation where we're thinking about creative God solutions to, to challenges and sort of useful creativity. What, what would you say from your past couple of months, what you've learned, what would you say are some of the key things that if we're going to pioneer new youth ministry, if we're going to try things differently, if we're not going to give up, that you think are really important for us as leaders to, to take seriously and make part of our everyday practice and lives? What, what would they be? Okay, so I guess I'll go for three. I'm going to give do you... Um, <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll try and do some alliteration as I go. Um, <laughs> fear of failure is a massive one. And again, any, if any of my friends are listening to this, they'll laugh because I always quote my dad and um, <laughs> no no one else does. So I do. Um, and he, he, he said to me right from the beginning that you never be scared to start something. And and if it and if God's in it, then God will be in it and shaping it. And so I think that you've just got to get out there, try these things and, and move and kind of move where where you see opportunities. So if there's an opportunity, if there's a few young people, I've got one girl who's already invited all her friends from school. And so it's so you're just seizing on that. And, and then so th I think we really fear failing and what others will think of us. 
but frankly it's just trusting in god and um it and he'll and he won't he won't let things fail i think if we just follow him and i think the the second thing is is i think for church leaders is you just got to get in there in the trench in the trenches we're not i look at our church and i think well it's all very well me sitting back here directing things and saying oh that's a great idea but we've not had a youth ministry in our church for over 20 years so people don't know what it looks like so and i've had the privilege of being a part of that in my curacy church in surrey and we started up some new stuff there so i've had the privilege of that so you've got to kind of show people what it can be do you know what we've got eight volunteers so just by stepping in and making a thing of it and praying then people are stepping forward so i've got fear of failure getting in the trenches and leading from the front but i that's my military analogies in there for you but and and then i guess like yeah ultimately it's about it's it's a it's an exercise of what's important for the future um i think that with young people it's it's always holding it lightly because it's not necessarily they're going to find your church the most exciting but frankly if we all think that we're oh they're going to go off to university they're going to move away and get jobs if we all think like that then no church will grow but if every church thought well it doesn't really matter if this blesses my church but but churches all around the world then then i think then that's a kind of a united thing we're in it together aren't we that's um, beautiful that's and wonderful then I'm, I'm particularly excited about a resource church that's moved nearby who can show us some really good stuff <laughs> And, and help us out and we can join in with some really good things so we're looking forward Alex, to that we thing. are loving failing in catastrophic <laughs> ways and we're loving it so uh, yeah no we are with you heart and soul really really exciting thank you so much for that so fantastic to hear from alex yeah, thank you just to be very clear rachel <laughs> yes. your friend alex um a couple of things that he talked about there I'm wondering whether these are trends, not so much post-pandemic trends as just where we're at right now mm -hmm. trends. The first is unity, like mm -hmm. whether we're seeing greater unity and whether that really is something we all desperately want to be a trend. And I think sometimes we speak it almost into life when it's not really into life. But is there is there now a greater sense of unity going on? Um, and the other the other thought is what's what's the um, What's the roadmap? What's the future for the workforce mm -hmm. for youth ministry? And how much are we going to see the role of the volunteer, you know, step up and up in the years to come? As we, you know, we've got a bigger task than ever, and we know we've got fewer employed workers than we've had for 40 years. Um, so uh, so I wonder, you know, yeah. are we seeing, are we really seeing greater unity? And, and what does all of this mean for volunteers? And how important it is that church leaders, a structure of church, do what Alex did and said, I'm going to name this priority. We haven't got budget. We, when he arrived, he didn't have volunteers. He didn't even know if there were young people in his congregation. But even before he arrived and discovered any of that, mm -hmm. he said, this is a priority. So mm -hmm. I think it, it, it feels like it's, it's opened up a can of worms. What's the relationship between 
church leadership do youth workers have enough we, we always go on don't we is youth ministry seen as significant enough in the kind of the structure and the governance of church or is it when there's our, when there are some young people or some parents are nagging us then we make it a priority so yeah, there's lots to unpack there yeah so, yeah really interesting and of course we as youthscape have been going deep yeah. with some churches uh, first in the diocese of london in the anglican church and then a couple of other parts of the country mm -hmm. as well and we've actually been working with small groups of vicars to help them to get church uh, youth group or church youth work going uh going and growing i think is your buzz is phrase, phrase isn't it yeah. rachel yeah. and i know you're very heavily involved yeah. in this project um and we've sort of come to the understanding that unless you get the vicar you have got a massive uphill task getting a church yeah. to start youth ministry. But the flip side is when you really do get an envisioned church leader, church minister, then there's like a better than even chance of of, of youth ministry beginning. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what we've seen, isn't it? I mean, we've actually seen more than 50% of those churches start some expression of youth work, which is incredible. Um, so I, I wonder whether, you know, it, it's amazing to have a really positive example of a church leader on the podcast. It it'd be very like, it'd be classic us, classic youth ministers to have a bit of a pop and bash leaders. And let's be honest, sometimes church leadership really badly lets down mm -hmm. uh, youth workers, youth leaders in terms of management and support. But that's definitely not like the only narrative at all. I'm hopeful it's not even the dominant narrative. And so it's really good to say you know, I feel for us as a youth ministry community, actually, there's loads of really supportive, yes. like vicars, ministers, pastors out there. You know, many of them were youth workers five minutes ago. <laughs> uh, you know, and actually to say yeah. to the church leader community who we're going to be, we'll talk about later on how we're going to be talking to them more. So the church leader community, like, come on, like, we need you. Like, yeah. if we're going to make a dent in the issue of young people's engagement with the Christian faith, like, it's it's got to come from you as well. You've got to lead on this. So very exciting. No, I think that's brilliant. I think what, what often happens, and I guess people listening to this, you'll know this better than me, but I think we've seen too often that a church waits to do any even any thinking about youth ministry beyond we just love some young people they wait until somebody arrives who is the youth worker or they're on placement from a local college or they've got some time and some hours they have that title and then we expect them to to do all the thinking for us and we expect them to be brilliant at galvanizing volunteers yeah. volunteers who might often be 30 40 years older than them that's challenging isn't it yeah. we expect them to be brilliant with money and finances and fundraising we expect them to have every hour you know in the days we do youth ministry at all times and also to be somebody of you know real confidence in kind of leadership and 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 so often youth workers burn out because they arrive in a setting and none of that thinking's been done so of, of course that's that's not mm. going to work and i think to have a church leader whether they ever see in the future that part of the strategy will be to employ somebody or not a church leader that says i'm gonna i'm gonna lead on the hard mm. work of thinking about this stuff he talks in the podcast about in the interview about um, getting in the trenches, being a leader that's in there talking with young people, hanging out in the areas, finding out what's going on. So you're not leading and talking about something that is over there. This is young people that you chat to at the end of church if they're sat outside yeah. or whatever. And I think there's something, Martin, for me in that a leader that's prepared to break the silence and do some of the thinking 
And then the volunteers or the paid worker or the local resourcing team, that somehow those two together, mm. it does feel like a real picture of hope. Mm. It, re it really does. Yeah. And I think it's come out of a desperate place. You know, we used to be the first to kind of, you know, tell everybody all the, the, the bad stats around this stuff. But actually, if that is going to inspire and motivate church leaders to open their eyes and see things differently and to know what it is they're inviting youth workers volunteers to do mm. that could be an extra we could see an extraordinary growth in youth yeah, ministry absolutely if, if we were to do that but the question is how do we get to that point well yes i i think uh we want to remind church leaders mm -hmm. of the influence that they have that we as youth leaders just don't have with the rest of the church family mm -hmm. so you know it's uh well obviously we've we've got a great you know hopefully a great reputation with uh with the, the young people in our groups, with parents, you know, those are the great key relationships for youth leaders. But to actually impact the rest of the church family who might be praying, mm -hmm. volunteering, supporting financially, saying yes to things, saying, okay, we'll make some space for young people to mm -hmm. participate and be involved in different ways in our church community. It takes the leader to do that. And I, I wonder where the leader's I don't wonder whether leaders know that. And it might be a it, it might just be a self-confidence thing. They may think, oh, people don't listen to me on this stuff, you know. It's, mm -hmm. you, it's for the youth worker. The youth worker is best place to talk about youth ministry. But actually, the leader has real power. People listen to you if you're a, yeah, a absolutely. church. If you, you know, if someone's chosen to come to your church, they trust you as a leader yes. in 90% of the time, or they'd have gone somewhere else. Yes. And so you've got enormous power actually mm. to speak into those lives. And so when it comes to things like recruiting volunteers or getting people to come to satellites in the summer, for instance, just threw that in, oh, uh, you know, never miss an opportunity. Um, you know, the power of the leader is enormous. And, yes. and I wonder whether they, because often you, church leaders are not the most self-confident people. No. They may not see that. No, and there are many churches, let's face it, where the church leader becomes the, the focal point of everyone's disgruntledness yeah, and you've yeah. not done this and you've not done that. And and I think, I know we're sticking a little bit on the, the northern theme at the moment, but I was with clergy last term in, in Blackpool mm. and and one church leader said, I, I desperately want, I, you know, mm. I, I long for young people mm. to walk in here and find their home. And her her desire for young people to just explore who they are in Christ and 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 just find home and say it was just so brilliant you're like oh i love you know i'd love that to be replicated in every church across the uk yeah. but she has a congregation who've not had youth ministry in probably about 50 years you know who are very set in their ways and it's not they don't want to have families and young people but they just it's been so long and they wouldn't know what to do mm. and so for you know most of the term she one of the things that she did do was get the church praying for young people and she went to local schools and found out things that she could pastorally share with the congregation and they were just praying and praying and praying not for named young people they don't know any of them but they just began to pray for teenagers in Blackpool mm, and yeah. then last week she sent me an email to say Rachel I had no faith that God would answer any of these prayers mm, and they've mm. now got two little uniformed youth groups in the church building and the volunteers leading that want these young people to access church Sunday morning. And she said, I had, I had no faith, no hope that we'd be able to do anything more than pray. But the power of praying means that then when that email came in saying, can we hold rainbows and guides here? She was like, oh, oh, this is you, God. So mm, I think mm. I, I would really love it that the youth ministry community, we could sow a little bit more of that confidence, mm. that hope, that courage 
into church leaders who I am sure one of the things that God called them into church leadership for was to keep their eye on emerging generations. And I think we want to be saying to church leaders as well, reminding them that actually one of the great beauties of, of investing in youth ministry is that as a congregation, all congregations will automatically grow old. They will. Mm. You haven't got to mm. do anything for the congregation to grow older because we all get older. Whereas if you want to be a congregation, a community that really is connecting a lot with emerging generations, younger families, students, children, young people, that is going to benefit mm. Your, the way you think theologically, the way mm. you think about your community, the gaps that you see, like, well, actually, there's lots of us in our 60s, but very few who are six, you know, yeah. suddenly yeah. it changes the dynamic. And he mentioned on the podcast in the interview that his volunteers are elderly and how awesome they are. And I would say that in our little youth resourcing church in Blackburn, a third of our congregation are under 16 and a third are over 80 and they're amazing. They are mm. so for young people because they've seen so much death. They've seen churches around them close. They don't want that. Mm. And so they're so willing to move and adapt and change and pray and do things differently and have the mics ridiculously loud and do, you know, not have what it, their mute, normal music because they're so hungry mm. for the new life that Jesus is bringing. So I think there's some beautiful synergy coming out of this, which is lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, the unity part of that, which, you know, obviously this interview. Yeah, you know, really covered in yeah. a really interesting way. Uh, you know, again, there's something different about a church leader gathering other church leaders yeah. and saying at that level, yeah. at the, you know, we're, I'm leading this community of faith. Will you join with me to get to, to reach young people? Yeah. There's there's a difference between that and what we would more normally do and be involved in. I, you probably have something very similar in in. Uh, Blackburn, but but in uh, Rygate and Redhill, where I'm based, you know, we have a little we have a gathering of um, uh, of youth leaders from different churches. We meet up for coffee and, and and a croissant, you know, and we chat and pray and we try and have little gatherings together. Mm-hmm. We try and bring our young people together, but that's you know, it's small stuff. Yeah, and and I think we're all used to that. You know, we might do a youth event mm. and all bring some young people to it, mm. but it's not it's not like proper enormous gestures of unity mm-hmm. it's like let's be for each other and let's find ways that we can help each other yeah. but when leaders work together yes you can you've got suddenly your whole organization as it were behind you yeah. or three or six of them all working in unity that's really exciting it is and i wonder whether post-pandemic we've all become a bit more aware of our vulnerabilities we've all become aware that we're not going to change the world on our own um, you know, I wonder whether the, the time is right for leaders to have that prophetic yeah. step together and say, actually, you've, there's a big issue in this yeah. town with provision for young people. Hey, Baptist Church down the road. Hey, New Frontiers Church down the road. Yeah. Hey, Catholic Church down the road. Could we work together? Yeah. And and that led by leaders is really exciting. Oh, I, I love it. That's just reminded me of a live conversation we've got at the moment. So our church plant, we haven't got a church building. So we're, we're using a school on a Sunday morning for our gatherings. All the rest of our youth ministry is in schools during the week, in people referral units, on the streets. And there's a beautiful Baptist church that is geographically like right next door to the building and planting into my little 10-year-old daughter. Kids are so astute. She said, Mummy, why, why are churches always so close together? <laughs> and I was stood with the Baptist minister as she asked this. And both of us laughed and said something about how so often God's people forget that we're here for each other and we, we, yeah. we compete. Yeah. But the, he turned to me and he said, I am so grateful to God 
that you're building is uh, more hard work for you guys to redo. And I said, why is that? And he said, oh, I don't mean it because I don't want you to have a home. But I'm just so loving it that you're finding a home in our Baptist church. And, mm. and, and we're really clear about the things that we're doing together that's joint, the stuff where we're just using their building. And we're starting a combined youth group after Amazing. half term, which, which we, w- we genuinely would not have done had yeah. our building been painted and carpeted and ready to go. We, but we did it because actually, of course, these are young people on this estate. Yeah. There's two little communities of faith here. They're going to work together. So I think you're right. Often, often, sadly, I mean, I think Alex is a great example of, of choosing unity. Often it's not that we choose it, it's that we're forced down that avenue and then we realise, Yeah. oh yeah, let's do this together. And God still blesses it. And, and that sort of collaborative innovation only tends to ever happen in a place of humility. It only happens <laughs> Maybe desperation, then when, humility. When we've yes. been, yeah, we've, we've been, been we've been humbled. Mm. So it could be that you've been actually, your building's not fit for purpose. Yeah. Or it could be that, you know, you've run out of money. Yeah. Or it could be that there's a global pandemic. But, you know, it, it never really happens. Like great creativity never really sparks in the moments of abundance. That's like true. It doesn't. Yeah. Like if you look at the great, I don't know, the great moves in cinema, I think I've said this before, you know, around the world, when there have been emergencies in, you know, in countries like Iran or um, uh, 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 oh, South America, Cuba, mm. like all these different mm. places, um, uh, they've often happened after a kind of political uprising, a revolution, a time of uncertainty. Something massive has happened. It's all become very uncomfortable for people. Everything's changed. And then there's this great rush, this unleashing wow. of creativity. It never happens when we're settled. Yes. It never happens when we're feeling proud. Mm-hmm. It happens when we've been brought low. And um, and this is a moment when we've all been brought low. And I wonder oh. whether that's good news for us. Maybe we should wow. pray for Wow, that's a shift in our humbled. prayer life, isn't it? Actually, God, if this has been a humbling... What's, what are you going to bring out of this? What creativity? Now, that's a really fascinating, what a fascinating prayer. Isn't that amazing? So not who can I connect with in this town or village to try and do what I want to do, but what humbling has happened yeah. that now means that we can yeah. love each other. And Alex says, with, you know, we, we're three different churches, three different sort of theological views on certain mm. stuff, lots of you know, mm. different traditions, but we are united around seeing God's kingdom come and young people meet Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and of course it's complicated. Of course it's difficult conversations that leaders need to have mm. and they can mm. have and we can have, but there's something beautifully simple about that. We long for this generation to meet Jesus. And if yeah. God can use us in all of our brokenness and weirdness, mm. then come on, humble us more, humble us more so that your kingdom comes. And I think and I think sometimes like we're finding in on this estate in Blackburn, you know, actually the fact that the churches are working together does feel like we're sticking two fingers up at mm. a really painful past mm. of churches you know wanting to defeat mm. each other. Mm. How incredible, isn't it? That's so beautiful. So, church leaders then, we normally are speaking to youth leaders. Yes. But we want to start speaking a bit more to church leaders. Yes. Why and how? Well, hopefully, why we, we've answered. Hopefully, that. we've answered the why. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's not recap that. But uh, but something that we're uh, going to be doing from now on. From, from now, now on. on. Oh, there we did two different actually, from no, now on. Two different songs. From oh, it's from um, Greatest oh, Showman. From now on. Yeah. Da, 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 you can, know, Amy's going to cut all of this out. Yes, she will. That's okay. Right. Yeah. I so mean, no do one can recognise that. She. <laughs> Because uh, we might get thrown off iTunes for that. <laughs> uh, from now on, uh, we are going to run uh, an online youth event uh, every March 
for youth leaders, but also for church leaders. So it's really the um, uh, it's the descendant, it's the ancestor of our COVID era online conferences that we ran together. Good, Do you remember? Now what? What now? Now what? What now? And renew normal. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And now, uh, starting March twenty two, we're going to have uh, an event called Reaching Youth. Uh, so it's a two-day event, the 23rd and 24th of March. It's a Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, and the idea is that you'll come and get your inspiration and your you know, Bible teaching and moments of worship and prayer. And you'll have all your seminars and your training and all the stuff that you might expect from an online youth work conference. But also there'll be some specific bits of that program that are tailored to and aimed at church leaders. They've actually been developed in consultation with church leaders. So we've asked them in this area of reaching young people, what are the questions you want answered? What are the topics? Mm -hmm. What are the things that you would come to? Uh, and we're encouraging two, two kind of methods for that. So one is we're saying to leaders, come to this thing, get a ticket, log on, uh, and actually bring your, you know, get in the room with your youth leader, sit and watch it together, you know, give up an hour here, an hour there over, uh, over those couple of days. And, uh, and spend some time talking about this stuff with some training. The other option, of course, is to uh, buy a ticket, come to a bit of it, but then uh, you can watch it all later, Netflix-style. Fantastic. So, um, so it's super cheap. It's 20 quid, basically, for, oh, a, for uh, two days. For the two days. <laughs> Very good. Um, Bargain. You can get, you can actually, you can get, there's a £10 ticket, but you don't get anything, any of it on demand. Okay. Um, so that doesn't make sense to me. Um, but you can get all of the, so there's about 30 seminars that you'll be able to then watch again uh, afterwards um, or listen to again um, and uh, and and all of that is going to be at Reaching Youth 22nd no 23rd to the 24th of March, March yeah. um, and you can find out more at youthscape.co.uk forward slash Reaching Youth and I think we've got quite used to sort of lining ourselves up for a conference style day in our own home yes like ordering in the food yeah absolutely you know, get, an excuse to get a takeaway up. yeah absolutely getting it all lined up and all good to go get so the I team think, together get the team together and I think back in the day two years ago when this was the only way we could connect I think it felt different it felt a bit strange and we were like oh whereas actually now we've got the in person we've got the online this is kind of like an addition isn't it yeah. to kind of just give you short sharp little bursts of input some thinking and particularly Particularly, you know, if you've got church leaders in your life, um, people that you think, oh, I, you know, I really would love them to connect with this. And that it's not going to feel weird for them. They're not going to be spoken to as if they're a youth worker. Yeah. This will be really tailored with some key voices who are church leaders, people that really understand it. So, yeah, please do pass on the message and then get them to buy your ticket and to buy your lunch. Yes. That is always good, isn't We've it? We've got great speakers for the we event. Uh, so... Uh, very excitingly, we've got Catherine Hill from Care for the Family speaking. We've got uh, the Archbishop of York, Stephen Cottrell, Fantastic. is going to be joining us live. Um, we've got these amazing uh, youth speakers from the States uh, who uh, I can't announce yet, but okay. they're amazing. Okay. I'm uh, really excited that we found them. Uh, and, uh, and a host of other brilliant contributors over the, um, over the two days. Um, but it really is that thing of like, come to the bits that you can come to. It's great to do... The live stuff's amazing. You yes, know, we really fun. enjoy we do. kind of having the youth ministry tribe like together yes. online. Are like, you and everyone's I, are on you the and I hosting it? Are we, are we hosting yeah, it? We are hosting it. Are yeah. we okay? But everyone's on the chat. <laughs> yeah, I love and it. it's really exciting. It is. But really also, exciting. you can't go if there are four seminars on at once. You, you can't, can't go, go to all to four. All. It's, not, no. it's not physically possible. So, um, so you can watch. Could all you have four on. devices? You could do. And get four tickets. We need four tickets, though, would you? Oh, no, I would don't you know. Have, no, because remember, yeah. it's the magic of hopping. 
Oh, it's hopping again. It's all rum Actually, hopping. hopping is good. We all love hopping. Yeah, hopping is good. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, visit youthscape.co.uk forward slash reaching youth and you'll find out all about hopping. The only thing that hopping does not recreate, does not regurgitate in your front room is the experience of queuing for the loos and having those little chit chats. Seriously, everything else you can get on hopping, can't you? You can. You can connect with people, you can meet with them, yeah. you can both have your coffee, yeah. you can do like exhibition space. It yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. It is brilliant. And last time we did it, yeah. we'll stop in a minute. Sorry, producer Amy. Um, we get excited, aren't we? Uh, we, we uh, last time we had... A, a set like a really amazing set oh, yes we, we walked in and <gasps> we were like kids in a sweet shop and they built this set with all the plants with the most remember? amazing plants and people and people took photos of themselves yes. with the plants yes oh my goodness we have got a lot to live up to so what i don't know what, what the set's could gonna be, be. The icon- i'm so excited yeah i'm excited about this it might just be you and me in front of a big wall yeah the budget might have gone by then <laughs> cool if people only spend a 10 pound ticket this is you and me sat in front of like a pot plant that's it sorry guys it's an old christmas tree that all the bits taken off but just still a christmas tree that could be it that could be the set design just, like come, a everyone. Austerity, <laughs> austerity austerity set. design yes everyone so come join us that will be really really fun in march brilliant is there anything else you want to say no, no i think, I that's think we're probably done. quite enough for you i think we want to release everyone bye everyone we do love you <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.